pray without ceasing. That's the call that Paul made to the church in Thessalonia. Um, there's something about this kind of prayer that has always felt foreign to me. I'm not fully at home with it just yet, but it's something I've been working on uh, in most of my adult life. Jesus spent 40 days and nights in prayer and fasting before starting his ministry and often spent all night praying before making major decisions in his ministry. The rhythm of Jesus' prayer life shaped and directed what he did in his ministry and prepared him to be enthroned as king on the cross. The early church prayed for guidance before choosing uh, their leaders. They devoted themselves to prayer. They, they prayed for Peter's release from prison, uh, continuing to pray on and on until he was released. They, they prayed for guidance as well as many other times of prayer. As you look through the book of Acts, the church had a very active and full prayer life. And when I read the life of Jesus in the early church, prayer seemed to play a different role than what I was experiencing in my church upbringing. My prayers never felt like they reached higher than the ceiling and often felt more like a mental exercise than a conversation with the creator of life, who is our father and embraces us as his children. We were taught to read the Bible, pray every day, and we'll grow, grow, grow. For the first time in my life, uh, for the first part of my life, I, I prayed the, the same prayer pretty much every night. Uh, and But when I went off to college, I started noticing different forms of prayer in the Bible and experiment started experimenting uh, with some of my friends when it came to things like fasting. It bothered me more and more that I was going into the ministry but didn't know much about prayer as I was seeing it in the pages of the Bible. In my first year as a minister, I went on a personal retreat to a monastery to learn about prayer from people who dedicated their lives to the ministry of prayer. Rhythms of prayer uh, communally and individually shape the life of this community. To pray without ceasing was the real purpose of the Christians who fled society in the third and fourth centuries to live in the desert. What we have discussed the last two weeks regarding solitude and silence provides the context within which prayer is practiced. When solitude and silence are separated from the call to unceasing prayer, they only become aesthetic practices of an empty spiritual life. Solitude without prayer is merely an escape from a busy work life. Silence without prayer is an escape from a noisy society. Solitude for the desert Christians was being alone with God and silence was listening to God. As these Christians fled society to reclaim the ancient way of following Jesus, the call to pray without ceasing became a call to come and rest. Solitude with God and listening for his voice created a rhythm of life with God where they found a rest and peace in the midst of the struggles of life. This God-given rest is what flows out of the life formed by prayer. I've often approached prayer as an activity of the mind where I have a one-sided conversation with God, think through hard concepts about God, or 
just as an exercise of working through my day. Talking to God is still prayer, but it's a very limited view of prayer. Prayer is first and foremost resting in God's presence. The hardest journey for many of us to make is the path from the head to the heart. Moving from the head to the heart in prayer is where rest is found. Praying with the heart does not mean uh, heartfelt prayers or some kind of emotive expression. Praying with the heart is simply to dwell with God, be in his presence, and to find rest in him. This kind of prayer takes practice. You have to develop it. Uh, We are people with noisy minds and hearts, and when we enter the room of our heart, there is a lot of clutter that needs cleaning. This takes practice, but the practice is worth it. When you establish rhythms of prayer in your life, rhythms where your time, time alone with God in silence shapes the rest of your day, you will discover that the peace and rest Christ offers us dwells inside of us. Paul assures us that Christ dwells inside of us in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. So let's, let's look at establishing rhythms of prayer where we abide in Christ and are transformed into people of peace in a world of chaos. Uh, as the world unfolds around us and the chaos continues, how do you respond with retreating into silence and solitude to spend time in the presence of God to then return to the world with something to share from the voice of God? As you look at your life, uh, take time to examine your schedule. Uh, Where are some natural spaces in your day where you could pause for 90 seconds and pray for the next hour of your day? How would your life look different if you approached all of life from a place of prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to guide how you respond to the world you're entering into? I want to challenge you as we come into this next week to to take seriously establishing very small moments of prayer to shape your day. As we look at the example of Christ, we see, and the example of the early church, we see people who had a rhythm of prayer that shaped their life on how to respond to the world. Let's be people Uh, who find rest in God through prayer.